Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, super moms. I hope that you are enjoying your summer and that you're sitting by the pool eating popsicles. If you are not, if it's summertime and the living ain't so easy, then go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and tell me why. <laughs> you can write it or you can record your voice and I'd love to know and we can use it as a podcast topic because it's not always fun for everybody. So today we are going to talk about a not so fun subject, but hopefully it will be really helpful for you. And today we're going to talk about bullying. How can I protect my kid from a bully? So today's question comes from Allison and she writes, my nine-year-old daughter was bullied all year by the same boy. I brought my concerns to the teacher multiple times and told the yard duty to keep an eye on her at recess. On the last day of school, he purposefully pushed her down while they were standing in line and her knee got all banged up. When I came to pick her up, the teacher said she fell and banged her knee, but that she was fine. She was not fine. She needed support. And why was he even allowed to stand next to her in line? The teacher knew this punk-ass kid had been picking on her all year. I am livid, says Allison. Allison continues to write, I talked to the principal and she was trying to defend him, saying he he has behavior issues and the counselor was working with him. No, the teacher knew what was going on and still made her stand next to him in line. I'm so upset. I'm at the school all the time volunteering. My daughter hides behind me whenever she sees him. She's terrified. I'm trying my best not to go crazy on them, but this is not okay. School is out for summer, but I'm worried about this repeating next year. How can I ensure this student is not in her class? I want to help her feel safe, but I don't trust the school to look out for her. How can I protect my daughter from this bully when the school won't? Okay, Allison, thank you for this question. I can hear the anger, the fear, the frustration, and I'm so sorry you've had to deal with this. It really makes it hard when our little babies are not you know, feeling safe at school. Like that's a, it's not okay. I agree. It's not okay. But I, I kind of wanted to start with my parent education answer as I typically do. When I started working as a parent educator, probably about like 18 years ago, nobody talked about bullying. It was not a subject, but slowly it started becoming a subject that people talked about and it just took off and spread like wildfire. Every American Idol contestant has been bullied in school. I don't know if you've noticed this. They interview people on The Voice or whatever. They all talk about their bullying. So educators make efforts to bully-proof their schools. Anti-bullying campaigns are raising awareness. This problem is taken much more seriously now in the past, but this term is also getting overused so much that it's everybody's claiming bullying when it really isn't. So I think it would be helpful to define what bullying is. Bullying is the use of coercion and force to abuse and intimidate. In order to be considered bullying, the behavior must include three things. One, repetition. So like one incident, one off, you know, some pushed your daughter over, that's not bullying. 
if it was the only time that that had happened. An intentional act to hurt or harm. So, you know, a lot of times people will claim bullying when it, someone just trips them on accident or somebody's just mean to them. And number three, an imbalance of power. So it sounds here, Allison, like your daughter has been exposed to some repetitive behaviors this year. We don't know if the boy's intention was to hurt your daughter, possibly. I can't tell from the question that you wrote. He could have just been mad that she was walking too slow or annoyed that she was in his way or whatever, right? And just pushed her down. It could be he was going to push down whoever was nearby and your daughter was an easy target. I can't tell from the writing. It seems like it shouldn't be important because the fact remains that your daughter got hurt. She's scared of him and the teacher hasn't been able to protect her. But it is important because the word bullying is so often misused. So sometimes it's just mean behavior. For example, in the last podcast I did, Andrea wrote in about how her daughter tells girls that she's not their friend anymore and gives them the cold shoulder. It would not be surprising in this day and age that this for a girl who's got her feelings hurt to claim that she's being bullied. So it, I just wanted to take a minute to kind of define the difference between bullying and mean behavior. So bullying means repetition, intent to harm or hurt. And the third thing is the imbalance of power. It's really important to take a look at this, okay? So in... It sounds like your daughter and this boy are the same age, they're in the same class, right? If your daughter is in a minority race, religion, sexual orientation, then there's an imbalance of social power. If there's a significant size difference or she's disabled in some way, then there can be a physical imbalance of power, okay? So... Sometimes we think, well, they're the same age, so there isn't an imbalance of power, but sometimes there can be socially, if she's socially awkward or, you know, has some disadvantage to her. If there isn't an external imbalance of power, there can still be a perceived one where he thinks he can pick on her because she's an easy target. And so it might be just mean behavior or it might be bullying depending on this imbalance of power. So whether it's real bullying or just mean behavior, finding ways for the victim to feel powerful is the important thing to focus on here, okay? Because if there's an imbalance of power, perceived or real, we want to empower that victim so that one, they're not an easy target, and two, they feel like they're being heard and seen and all the important things that somebody needs when they're feeling picked on, right? And singled out. Because that's kind of what bullying is, where it's that singling out, which you mentioned that he, the this boy has been bullying your daughter all year. So I hear the repetition. I'm not sure if he's been doing this to everybody in the class, <laughs> in which case she wouldn't feel singled out and you might feel a little more comforted. But if she's the only one getting picked on, that's not so good. And then it defines as bullying. So you can see why this is kind of a gray area. It doesn't really matter in the big picture. Your daughter's scared and she doesn't want to go to school and we want to support her. You're absolutely right. She needs to feel supported. So here are some ways to support your daughter so that you and she feel powerful. Number one, talk to your daughter about the things the teacher or the yard duty could do to help her feel safe. So I know our tendency is to 
like want to come in and, and tell, like for us to tell the teacher and for us to tell the yard duty, but it's really more empowering if she can figure out what would help her feel safe. We can't make him be nice, which might be what she says. She's like, just make him be nice to me. We can't do that. And if we try to make him be nice, then we give all of our power to feel safe in the hands of this, you know, behavior problem child. Uh, I'm assuming that's what's going on there, right? So that's something that she might say, and it's going to be disempowering for her. If she says, like, well, I just want the teacher to protect me from him and keep him away from me, well, that's not really realistic. The teacher probably is not able to do that. And so putting our faith and our ability to feel safe in the hands of a teacher who's got 30 other kids to manage is not going to help her feel safe either. So because those things we can't really count on. So what could make her feel safe? Maybe if she she could decide, like switching seats, sitting on the other side of the classroom, not standing next to him in line. I mean, like maybe they're in line like alphabetically or they have their little classroom numbers. Ask the teacher to switch their number or put her in a different spot in line. Could she ask her friends to stick by her side at recess and make sure that she's never alone with him? Uh, So encourage her to problem solve and ask for what she wants, and then she will feel empowered, and that imbalance of power will even out because they already have the same age. If this is an older kid, there's not much, you know, then we could still try to help her feel safe, but... There's definitely the imbalance of power, and that's definitely considered bullying. But if they're the same age, we can help her feel more empowered. And let's ask her to come up with some ideas and just brainstorm. And you could offer suggestions too, but just put as many things as you can think of, like fill a piece of paper with 10 different ideas of ways she can feel safe and make sure she's adding to this paper. Because it might be things you know you've never even thought of. I mean, some kids are really like, Oh, like they carry a rock in their pocket and every time they touch the rock, it makes them feel comforted and and safe. You know, she might come up with bringing a stuffed animal to school. Like we don't know what her ideas might be. Okay, number two, teach her to use powerful words with authority figures so that she can get the attention of adults. Words like harassment, abuse, bullying, hostile environment are attention-grabbing and powerful. So you might be very inclined to use these words, but we want to encourage her to use them. When kids are scared, they tend to shy away, as you saw with your daughter, like hiding behind your legs. Like that's a normal response, right? And our brain goes into a fight, flight, or freeze. And it doesn't sound like your daughter is a fighter. So she's either going to try to run away and hide, or she'll just freeze and not be able to do much. And that's a totally normal response. But it doesn't prevent her from writing a note to the teacher and using these powerful words or making an appointment with the principal that you and she can go in together and she can use these powerful words. So when she hides in like kind of like a turtle pulling into a shell and she just wants to avoid him and not be seen by him, it makes her look like an easy target to kids who are looking for an easy target that vulnerable kind of if you think about like an animals in a wild in the wild right like a herd of animals the the predators will pick on the one that's you know kind of limping or kind of lagging behind or is 
separates themselves from the crowd. And the predators will think, oh, that's an easy target. I'm going to go after that one. And so we don't want your daughter to appear like an easy target. And the way that we can do that is to help her feel empowered and, you know, kind of encourage that part of her, that strong part of her to have a voice and use it. Number three, document and share everything. So this is really for you and for her to do together. So the school's hands are tied in many ways, but you and your daughter can actually, you have a lot more power than you realize. So you can help get the result that you want by focusing on facts, safety, and then sharing your documentation. So writing down the date, exactly what he said, what he did, you know, what happened and like the was where was it? Was it out at recess? And just really getting factual, like an attorney is going to need to know all the the actual facts and writing it all down so that you can then document it. So helpful for the school to have. Number four, write an email to the school, to the principal, stating how this aggressive behavior if this aggressive behavior continues next year, that you're going to hold her out of school until they can provide a safe situation for her. So be clear that you're holding the school accountable for her absence and they will need to make arrangements so it doesn't impact her academics negatively. Okay, so does that make sense? Like uh, you're going to write an email, not your daughter, to the principal saying like, I can't send her to school when she doesn't feel safe. So well, let me know when the situation has been taken care of and I can ensure that she'll be safe at school and then I'll send her back. But in the meantime, I need you guys to make sure she doesn't fall behind academically. Okay, so just kind of putting that accountability on the school. Parents have so much more power than you realize. You guys don't even know. I've been working in schools for many years and really it's the parents that affect change because there's so many legal hoops that the school has to go through and so many things to deal with that the squeaky wheel tends to get the grease when it comes to schools. What's most important here is that your daughter is seen, heard, felt, and protected. She needs to feel that you've got her back. We're wired to experience bad things. This is not the issue. (laughs) I know it's hard to hear and believe, but it's not our job to prevent bad things happening to our kids. Like they're just, they're humans. They're alive on the planet. Bad things are going to happen. They're going to get hurt. They're going to feel scared. They're going to deal with mean, angry, stupid people. That's not the issue. The issue is that when bad things happen, we need to make sure that we are supporting our children. And we can do that by helping them feel seen, heard, felt, and protected. So we want our kids to be able to identify an injustice, right? They, they are like, hey, this isn't right. I, you know, and I know it's not right because I'm feeling angry or scared or something. Like, this is not okay. They can identify the injustice and believe they have the power to change it. In order to create a system-wide change, we, as parents, <laughs> need to have confidence, persistence, and understanding. In order for our kids to create system-wide change, they need to believe that their voice has power and that someone's going to listen to them and someone's going to help them take appropriate action to make sure that problem does not continue. 
That's what we get to do. It is our privilege as parents to help our kids realize how powerful they really are. But let's go into the life coaching answer because there are certain things that are going to get in our way from doing that. I've been teaching parenting topics, like teaching classes on so many different topics for like 18 years. So I've taught everything you can think of. I taught, you know, managing friendship challenges and puberty classes and how to teach kids about money and dealing with anxiety, raising a reader, toilet trading, you name it, I have taught a class on it. But I will never teach a class on dealing with bullying. And here's why. (laughs) Not without the life coaching component. Because right now, I want you to think the thought, my daughter is being bullied. So everybody listening, hold the thought in your head. Imagine my child is being bullied. How do you feel when you think that thought? Notice how your body reacts to it. My child's being bullied. You feel defensive. I mean, I could feel it right now. Like as I'm thinking about it, like I'm getting tight. I'm getting tense. I'm ready to leap into action. Actually, my hands are actually clenching as I'm doing this. My fists are clenched. So what kind of action do we want to take from the thought my child is being bullied? We want to fight. We clench our fists. We brace ourselves. We want to punch that bully. We want to take him down or his parents or the school or whoever is to blame for this circumstance in this situation. The thought my child is being bullied makes us want to bully right back. It is a natural response. It is human nature. We are powerful mama lions wanting to protect our children. Heck, we want to protect all children from bullies. So when we think the thought, someone's picking on my kid, someone's bullying my child, we want to fight. We think things like, oh, he needs to be taught a lesson. He can't go around hurting people like that. The school's kind of allowed kids to behave this way. None of these thoughts are helpful. They're not going to help you get the result that you want, and they're not going to help your child feel more powerful. So that's why teaching a class about dealing with bullies is counterintuitive because it just makes everybody angry and want to fight. (laughs) And then we have more bullies on the planet. We have a whole group now walking out of a classroom or walking off a webinar feeling angry and like they want to go take down the injustices of the world. Okay. So we add more fighting bullying energy to the culture, which we don't need. What we want is our children to be safe and our children to feel powerful, right? And for us to feel that our kids are safe. So we can teach this boy lessons and kindness, but we cannot make him learn. He does go around hurting people, of course. Like he's hurting people. So to say like he can't hurt people, he shouldn't be able to do that. But of course he can. So we're arguing with reality, The schools are obligated to educate all children legally. They have to, even ones with behavior issues. They can instruct and provide consequences, but there are protocols they have to follow before they can legally remove a child. When we hear the word bullying, we jump into fight mode. This makes us feel powerful, but it doesn't help our kid feel powerful. It also doesn't help us jump through the necessary hoops in order for productive action to be taken. The schools need us to write down specifics. 
They need the facts, exactly what took place. But it's hard to do this when we have such a strong emotional response. Instead of helping schools take appropriate legal action, we get mad, we stay mad, and it doesn't actually help our cause. This is making sense. I hope you guys are getting this. It's a tricky situation. If you really want to help your daughter or your son who's being bullied, remove the word bullying from your vocabulary, mamas, but encourage your child to use it. She could feel empowered because she knows bullying is wrong and that this isn't her fault. She's not doing anything to cause or create the situation. You can help her stay focused on taking productive action from a place of power to make her school a better, safer place for everybody. But you can only do that if you remove the word bullying from your vocabulary. So you want to look at it as like, you know, he has behavior issues, right? Like this is, this kid's been through a lot. His brain doesn't work the same way as, you know, your kid's brain works. You know, that there's just stuff going on at home. He's experienced trauma. Whatever you want to think about this child that helps you calm down enough to take appropriate action is my suggestion. The best results The best thing to come from bullying is that the victim learns her words have power, that she is supported no matter what, and she believes that she has the ability to create system-wide social change. How amazing is that result to come from just getting pushed and picked on, right? Like that's, there's great things that could happen here, but we've got to be really careful to monitor ourselves, to do our own work and make sure we can think in ways that calm us down. And my best suggestion is to remove the word bullying from your vocabulary, but empower your child to use those powerful words with authority so that she can feel more powerful. Okay, mamas, today's super mom kryptonite is complaining. Now, in episode 16, I mentioned that getting together with girlfriends and venting about frustrations can be very helpful. Venting your emotions into a journal or with a trusted friend can release the pressure, help you think more clearly, and hear your own wisdom. Complaining is different. (laughs) Venting is helpful. Complaining is repeating the problem from a place of powerlessness. So really watch out for this. If you catch yourself complaining about the bully, complaining about the school, notice the energy from which it's coming, the emotion behind it. If it's powerless, then it is not helping you. When we complain, we kind of imply that nothing's going to change and we're powerless to make a change, right? So every time we repeat the same negative story, we reinforce the synapses in our brain, making them stronger and feel truer. Be careful not to repeat anything that you don't want to grow. I'm going to repeat that because <laughs> it just seems appropriate. Don't repeat any story that you don't want to make into a bigger situation. What you focus on expands. So the more you repeat a story, the bigger it becomes in your life. Complaining not only makes us feel tired and drained and helpless, 
but it negatively impacts the mood of those we are complaining with, right? Like the people we're complaining to. So if we're complaining with our kids, with our spouse, our friends, they then feel drained also. Complaining is a kryptonite and I do not recommend it. But today's Supermom Power Boost is letting off steam. In order to access our calm, logical, and effective parts of our brain, Mama Lion needs to let off some steam. We want to honor the anger, okay? So we don't want to just like suppress it, deny it, pretend like we're not mad, okay? Because when someone's picking on your kid, you're going to get mad. It's totally natural. It's an important emotion to have anger. It's signals injustice. So instead of suppressing it, instead, we're going to use it. Go take it to kickboxing class. Scream your head off at your daughter's swim meet. Rip up a magazine. If you've ever like ripped up a newspaper or magazine, if you haven't done that, I highly suggest it. It is very satisfying. (laughs) Stomp on a cardboard box. Like really physically let the anger out. Let your kid see mom processing anger in a healthy way so that they learn healthy ways to process their own anger. Kids learn by imitation. Let's show them how it's done. Today's quote of the day. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Margaret Mead. Best of luck to you, mamas, being thoughtful and committed. So figuring out what does it take to be thoughtful and committed when your child is bullying. And if you need a little help walking through it, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash work with me, and I'll talk you through it on a free coaching call. Take care. Have a great day. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.